there is the issue of, yeah, we've been through a certain thing right now. We've had a turn in our nation that seems so great. But what I see as this turn of this nation is I'm expecting a harvest. Yes. I'm expecting an outpouring of God's favor, outpouring of his Holy Spirit, an outpouring of some goodness to people. And so in, in saying that, I'm going to bring us into some real basic stuff. But I will tell you, as basic as it may sound, it may not be basic for everyone. So we'll start out with, uh, the, with square one, and uh, we'll go from there, see how we do. But in a preface, you know, there's a lot of statistics and so on, but I think we have to know just generally that uh, the majority of all people in America are not what we would call born again. And not all of those that would be called born again really believe that the Bible is totally the inspired Word of God uh, and everything about it is true. But you know, something happens to people when one day they may think that way and then the next day something has happened. Well, what is it that happened? And I'll have to say this one more thing. Many years ago, when I found out Jesus died for me and I made him the Lord of my life, something happened. I didn't even understand it at the time, but one day I was one way and the next day I was different. I mean, I still look the same, uh, unfortunately, and just, you know, some ways, uh, just joking. But uh, I still look the same, and I wasn't all perfect with everything, all my mannerisms and habits, but something inside me had changed. And I found out that they called that being born again. Mm-hmm. Well, as life went on, you know, I, and I was pretty uh, excited about it, uh, pretty vocal, shared things with people. But, you know, I had uh, negative comments like, oh, you're one of those born agains. Well, I never knew how to respond to that exactly because I thought, why, why wouldn't I be? Why wouldn't I want to be? Well, and then even uh, even some negative things happened as we were involved in a church that was uh, what you might say mainline denomination. And being a little bit vocal in the Sunday school, uh, we found out there were people in that Sunday school that are older, and they kind of liked some of our comments because they weren't used to hearing people that were had gone through this experience, you know, <laughs> this high emotionalism, some of them call it. But, and then even uh, without getting too negative, even the pastor was disturbed that somebody could be talking about born again in the Sunday school, sent his emotional uh, wife in to settle us down, and, uh, and we began to learn some things. So let's go down to G- John 3, 3. If you have your Bibles, turn to John, third chapter, third verse. And look at what Jesus had to say. And of course, uh, in the background of it in there, starting in verse 1 in chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now here's a, here's a guy that knows everything. He's a ruler of the Jews. He's a highly educated man. He's probably a member of all the whoop-de-doo things that you need to be. And yet he, wanted, he had a question. What do you do? This is good, good teaching right here. What do you do if you have a question? 
you go to the go to the one that has the answers, right? Well, he perceived that Jesus had these answers. But he snuck there in the night because he didn't want his religious people to know that he was coming. So he said, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Red letter edition, Jesus said it. Unless I say to you, and he said, I most assuredly, which would be saying absolutely, here how it is. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said again, most assuredly, Today they might say, you better believe this. I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Now here's the deal. It seemed like uh, we end up going to more and more funerals because I don't know if it's the age we live in or the age we are, but more and more people where you know a lot of people, we wind up going to a lot of services. Most of them are, uh, what do you say, moderated or preached or whatever by people from mainline denominations. Now, once in a while, some of you uh, go visit a church somewhere. And you're sitting there, and the pastor or where who is leading will often say, well, you know, we're all going to heaven we're all going, isn't that great? We'll all see them now because we're all going to heaven. Well, what happens is here, people then oftentimes either assume if they're good enough they'll go to heaven or they'll believe you don't have to know anything more because they just got assured by the leader that they're all going to heaven. Now, my quest is not to criticize the leaders. However, when Jesus said, you must be born again, we need to know what that means. And sadly enough, when you're sitting in a congregation of people that that's how the pastors, how the leaders leave it, like we're all going to heaven, they have just been deceived by them because they may not be all going to heaven. So why am I saying this? Well, it's pretty simple. I expect an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I expect in these coming days, I'm talking about some really great things happening. One of them is I expect a great big harvest of people, people that come into the kingdom by getting born again. We need to be ready for it. I'm either speaking to somebody that's not born again and wants to know more about it, which we're going to get there, or I'm speaking to someone that, that's already born again and wants to know how to be equipped to go out and minister to people. It's not real tricky, but it's having a heart to say, look, if you have a question about whether you're going to heaven, I don't care what the guy said in the pulpit yesterday at that funeral or at your church this morning or when it is, I don't care what they said. Do you have a question about that? 
It's a good thing because a lot of us say, oh, our friends are Christians. Well, uh, I hope they are. But sometimes if we love people, we love things, we love to see people get really where they should be. Sometimes it's okay to, okay, you say you're a Christian, you're my good friend. Uh, tell me, how, how do you believe that? I mean, what makes you think you're a Christian? And if they say, well, you know, I'm born again. Now, let's look at this a little bit deeper. We've covered that pretty good. Uh, now, there's a couple questions here. It gets into verse 5. Verse 5, most assuredly I say to you, unless born, one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, we'll talk about the, uh, we'll talk about the Spirit a little later. But right now, what about the water? If you ask people uh, about that scripture, what do you think they'd say that water is? Uh, and I did a little research on this to make sure because I wanted to, I wanted to know because it never looked right to me. Because first of all, without going any deeper, some people would say, well, that's water baptism. But see, that's a physical thing. And you're not saved by physical things. You're born again you're through spiritual things of some other nature. The only way it could have been baptism would have been reminding them of the repentance of John. That would be one idea. But as you deep, dig into this a little bit deeper, you see in Ephesians 5.26, and I'll go through these real quick, write them down, and he talks about that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the Word. So it appeared from that that the, that the uh, water is the Word of God. Now here we see in Titus 3, uh, verses 4 through 6, and I'll just go right on through these. You can write them down. I won't turn there right now. And it says, But when the kindness and the love of of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of, 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 of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So what I believe the washing of the water, uh, what I believe the, the water and the Spirit, the water being the Word of God brought forth by the Holy Spirit. And then we have the word Spirit there. There might be some others here. Ezekiel talks about the water. He says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. I will put my spirit within you, in other words, back up, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So I'll take the heart of stone out and give you a heart of flesh, a softer heart. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judges and do them. So we're talking about the Word of God. He said, "You that which is, I say to you, unless one is born, you might say of the Word of God and of the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Big question. Has that happened in your life? And the other thing about it is, why, if that did happen in your life, all of a sudden you had new desires inside? Quite simple, isn't it? He gave us a new heart. Now, I'm not talking about a physical heart. 
talk about this heart down there below your physical heart and over in the middle somewhere. It's the human spirit. But he, he has come in. He's come into your life. How did it happen? Did it happen when you just went to church regularly? Or when somebody said, we're all saved, we're all going? No, it didn't happen then. When did it happen? It happened the day that you had a question. Am I really going to heaven? And you begin to ask the Lord about it. Am I really going to heaven? Or you might even say, Lord, I want to go to heaven. How do I make sure? Well, Jesus said, you must be born again. So when people make fun of somebody and say, well, they're one of those born agains, they're saying the Bible's not true. They're not only saying the Bible's not true, they said, well, Jesus must have been a phony. There's no validity in what he said. We don't believe that, do we? I believe if Jesus said it, I better believe it. You know, a lot of people say, well, he said it, I believe it, and that makes it true. No, what made it true was he said it, and it's written down, and it's there, and it's inspired word of God. So let's look at a couple other things here. I know I'm moving right along today, but... Uh, now, here's the other thing that took place when that happened. Now, we're talking about by the Spirit. And that word Spirit uh, is a breath. So, Jesus is the Word. The Word came into you, and but now we're by the Spirit. Because something happens when you say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. Now, to me, that sounds just like English. To you, maybe someone else. It just sounds like I said something. But no, I invited uh, Jesus Christ to come into my life. So when I did that, something took place that I still don't understand how it works. I don't have to understand how it works. What happened besides the fact he took me into the kingdom, he breathed something into me. The Greek word would be pneuma. It's called breath. We see it in Genesis. We Genesis, Genesis 7. Uh, from time to time, we've, we've been in Genesis quite a bit, but in verse... I mean, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Or sometimes it came from a Jewish uh, source that he became a speaking spirit. Interesting, huh? So it's that same spirit. When God brought on Adam, brought spoke that thing in. It's the same thing happens when we get born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. Why? He wanted to get this over to you. Wanted to assure you that you become part of the kingdom. And then what happens, Colossians 1.13, you can turn there uh, briefly if you want to. Things in Colossians 1.13 is a simple statement that I think about a lot. It says here that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His Son. Why does your, why does your life change so rapidly? Because translated means quicker than the twinkling of an eye. You know how quick it is? Quicker than anything. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's a, a minute particle of time. When you actually open your life up and you say, Jesus, I give up. 
I want you to be my Lord. Boom. Now other things take place, and we can go over to um, Ephesians. Let's turn back to Ephesians, right there next door to, to it. And we see some exciting things here, because at least it makes me excited. Uh, I don't know about you, but this makes me excited, <laughs> because it's so true. And, uh, and we see something in verse 5, in Ephesians 1, verse 5, it says, We've been predestined to the adoption of sons of Jesus Christ. To himself according to the good pleasure of his will. So when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, become born again, you've just satisfied destiny. Does that make sense? You've just satisfied a predestination. Now there's some, there's some people out there that I think they're inspired by darkness, but they'll say, well, if you're predestined to be born again, you will be if you're not, you won't be. I got hit with that with the pastor of that first church when I was so excited to be born again. Got in to see him in a meeting, and he said, Gary, that's good you're excited. It's good you carry traction in your pocket. It's good you wear that little fish on your shirt there. It's all, it's all good, but, but, but I believe in predestination. People are going to get saved. They're going to get saved, and those that aren't, aren't. Well, that's baloney. It's called a form of Calvinism. Uh, at least as far as I know. But I assure you, it's, it's God's will that all be saved and none perish. That's his will. Now, we look down here just a little bit further, as long as we're in this subject, and, and we're talking about being born again. We're talking about the, the day we wake up and realize that, that the door's so wide open for us to make sure that we're in the right place and then we look down here, and then people start talking about sin. Oh, sin? Uh, well, I've lived a good life. I, I don't know. In fact, until right now, I thought I was going to heaven because I'd lived so good. Well, uh, you've probably lived pretty good, and maybe there's not a lot of sin in your life, but there's something talked about in verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 1. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood. Now, it gets a little deep here if you're not familiar with the Bible, but, but you've heard of the sin of Adam. Some people laugh about it. But Adam sinned, and when he did that, he separated us from our loving God. Now, in verse 7, it says, uh, have redemption through his blood, and then it mentions the forgiveness of sin. So I like to give people a break, and I say, okay, let's say you haven't sinned very much, but you still need to be redeemed from the sin of Adam. It's built in. So if you haven't sinned, fine. But you need to be redeemed. So it's both right there. It's a breath of air. Good. You can be forgiven of any sins that you may have committed. And I don't know. The Bible says everybody is a sinner. So I don't know about you or, or that or whatever. Few people have ever been perfect. I don't know. But at the same time, we need that redemption and we need forgiveness. So we'll just move right on past that for a moment. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really great to see that not only can we be born again, we can enter into something new, but, you know, we can go a little deeper in this, too. And, and I think the thing that really begins to be obvious is going through that born-again process, the, the water, the Word of God that's there available, uh, Jesus is the Word also, and then the Spirit, that breathing that life into us that we maybe can't understand, but we know something happened. Uh, how many know when they said, Jesus, come in, we know something happened? 
we know something happened. Uh, and I just, uh, I just assure anybody watching this, hey, if you haven't done it, try it out. You know, I, like I say, if you make a mistake and you didn't need to do it, you'll know right away. And I'm only, I'm kind of joking on that because, you know, it's a decision that we can make and it can be life-changing. And it's never a mistake to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's never a mistake. Why wouldn't we? He's a God. He's created. And all these people, th hundreds of thousands in our nation call themselves Christians. All over the world, they call themselves Christians. Well, what does that mean? Have they, have they made Jesus Lord of their life by their mouth instead of having some moderator up front say, we're all, we're all Christians? Well, I wonder about him or her. Do they know or do they just not there? You know, it's like one of those things, if they really know it, but they are afraid to tell people about it, either, number one, they don't know it themselves, or they're afraid that people run out the door because they got too extreme. Have I ever had people walk away from me because I'm too extreme? Yeah. Have I ever had people stay there, give their heart to the Lord, and change their life forever? Yes. Was it worth it? Yes. yes. Of course it's worth it. Now let's look at a couple more things here. In Ephesians, we're there already. Let's go to chapter 2. We see here some things that will go along with what we've discussed here in verse 18. For through him which is Jesus, we both have access by one Spirit to the Father, and therefore we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We don't have to study. We don't have to memorize the entire Bible. We don't have to go to Bible school. We don't have to do any of this stuff. Once you made Jesus in order of life, you're in. You're in the group. You're, in the, you're a member Everybody say, I'm a member, I'm a member. Of, his of his household. And I, re no, I was looking at this one day, and I said, I, I just said, made a little note here in my scribble that says, gives you certain rights to change things. Gives you certain rights. I'm, I'm a member, right? If you're a member of a group of people, and you're paid up, and you're all that, and you have a say, don't you? You have a vote. Well, we don't have a boat when it comes to how God thinks, but it's still, we are in the house. And then verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in, whole, in whom the whole building, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom we also are built together for the habitation of God in the Spirit. That's you. When it says we, that's me. That's you. We're part of the deal. Do you feel good to be a part of the deal? Amen. Yeah. And, and you don't even have to work real hard at it. So, you know, uh, going towards the end here then, this is a just kind of rolling through some things. But as long as we got this far, let's slip over here, chapter 3. And there's a, a, what we call a prayer of realization. I won't go through all this, but there's some things that flowed with this. Now, I, I'll have to tell you, I've been praying this prayer for years, on and on, but you know, it's kind of funny how there's a deeper place, even if you're used to praying this prayer. <laughs> I mean, some of us have been taught by certain people, that's one of the prayers you pray every day. Well, it is, but let's look at a little deeper here. Let's start with verse 16. Without going into all the other, but, but it has to do with what we just discussed. It has to do with this 
redemption and all that and what has just happened because even today somebody may be listening to this say well I don't get it uh, what is all this I need to know more I need to understand this a little better well here's a prayer that people pray for themselves and in verse 16 the prayer is that he would grant you which is me and you say me he would to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man so how the spirit of the inner man get there you must be born again right simple so now what happens after you've been infused and i saw that says you're infused by the holy spirit you're infused by the holy spirit when you get born again you get begin to get a revelation of this you're infused by the holy spirit he absolutely elbowed his way into your life and took up residence is that a country boy way of saying it but it's true you've been infused with it he's in there and 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. So the Holy Spirit came in. Now you want to pray to him because you'd like to understand what just happened. Or maybe it happened 30 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 minutes ago. It doesn't matter when it happened. You always want to know more about what happened. We want to know more. Well, that's the, that is where the more is. It's with the, the width and length and depth of height of the kingdom. We'd like to know this. Why? Because we possess it. Somebody gave you a box of something that's really valuable. What are you going to do? You're going to open that box and you're going to count it out. You're going to count it. You want to see what's there. So you see, by praying this prayer for yourself, what will slowly begin to happen is these things will get more real and more real and more real. And then in verse 19 also, we want to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, that's where, that's where the power happens. You know, it's, it's, it's not only power like if you're a prayer warrior, it's power just to live every day. You know, rather than just relying on, well, some counselor somewhere or somebody's book on psychology, you realize it's all in there. The counsel is in your heart. And by praying this prayer, which starts in 14, actually, and I'm not here to teach on it, but I just begin to see how that fullness can come about and why we'd want to be born again. See, if we're going along and we think we're in church and, you know, everybody just, they say, well, you're all, you know, we're all going to heaven and so on, you leave and you're empty yet. And, and there's a tendency you hit the door on the way out, and you wonder, well, okay, so I wonder. And then, uh, then you sometimes wonder what this is all about. I believe there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit beginning to happen right now as we speak. I believe the Spirit of God is moving throughout this earth. I believe He's moving throughout our nation. I believe He's convicting hearts. I believe He's, he's appearing to people. We hear about Him uh, speaking to, to Muslims in dreams. And I've said, there's other people, Lord, I want you to speak to them in the dreams, Father. Speak to them in their dreams and show them. Introduce yourself to them, Father. And so I just ask that. There's an outpouring coming. We can't be bashful about who we are. I don't want one person to be lost. 
God doesn't want one person to be lost. You think of the ugliest person you've ever met. I mean ugly on the inside. Like the guy said, you know, beauty's only skin deep. And another one said, yeah, but ugly goes clear to the bone. And, and I think I've met people that ugly went really deep. <laughs> but God loves them too. But you must be born again. And then you can experience what I've experienced and many others. A freedom, something new in your life. You don't understand it, but today I hope you've gotten some clues how to further let the Lord help you understand these things. He is our understanding. He is our wisdom. It's wisdom from above. It's beautiful wisdom. Verse 20 says, Now to him who's able to do exceedingly above, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. He's able to do abundantly of all that we ask or think. What? He can do more than I can even ask? Yes. Because what? It's according to the power that works in us. What is that power? It's the water and the Spirit. It's the Word of God. And it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. He'll reside in you. You'll know all things. He'll teach you all things. He'll show you things to come. And he'll give you revelation knowledge about the word of God. So that power is the water and the spirit. The word and spirit. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, worlds, without end. Amen. Amen. Praise the God. Good preaching.